Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. When Jehovah met with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the Ten Commandments, but he also gave him detailed instructions on how to build the tabernacle, a kind of portable temple. Then he turned to the elaborate garments to be worn by the priests, especially those of the high priest. Each one of these detailed accounts provides us with marvelous pictures of our own experience of Christ, the real high priest. The priestly garments... These are our focus again on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Matt Miller is here. Matt, we were talking a moment ago, and you pointed out there's a lot of these Life Study messages in Exodus that deal with the priestly garments, aren't there? There are, Chris, and particularly the breastplate. And we're not on the breastplate today, but we're on a accessory to the breastplate. We're on the ephod. And right. I think the matter of the ephod is somewhat mysterious to most Christians. I think... If you ask most Christians, what is the ephod? In fact, if you're listening right now, I would ask you, what is the ephod? Well, if you know, you're going to enjoy this program. And if you don't know, you're going to enjoy this program even more. Yeah. Uh, Matt, the portion in Exodus in chapter 28 and in these accompanying uh, portions delineate two kinds of priests. And of course, in the previous program, we saw there were six different items or articles of the priestly garments that are being discussed. But there are two categories of priests. Some of the garments were for all of the priests, some of them particularly only for one priest, the high priest. And as we're talking about the breastplate and the ephod, these are exclusively, as we'll see today, for the high priest. But what do the priests, the sons of Aaron, typify, and what does the high priest typify? Good question, Chris, and I think uh, we should emphasize that before we get into the program, because this is Christ. Christ is the high priest. We see from the book of Hebrews, Christ is the high priest. But we also see in the New Testament that the believers are priests. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 1 and chapter 5, we see that We are a priesthood. We're a royal priesthood. We are priests. I grew up in the Catholic Church, and I had a concept growing up that a priest was the guy with the long robes, Mm -hmm. and uh, I was an altar boy, and I was there helping the priest. Well, that's a wrong concept. In the Reformation, that got overturned with the concept of the Bible, which is a universal priesthood. We're all priests. We are all priests, but that's according to the order of Aaron. There's only one priest that's the high priest, and that's the priest we're going to talk about today in this program. Okay, Matt, we mentioned uh, Exodus 28. That's the context of our program today. Verse 2 says, And you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. And verse 4 continues, And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate and an ephod and a robe and a tunic of checkered work, and a turban and a girding sash. So they shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, and for his sons, that he may serve me 
as a priest. Okay, Matt, let's join Witness Lee again. We're focusing today. A little bit will be mentioned of these two things, the ephod and the breastplate, but clearly our focus is the ephod. Here's Witness Lee. The uh, priestly garments are for, number one, the high priest. And then number two, the priest. The high priest, by that time, was Aaron. And the priests, by that time, were the sons of Aaron. And we know, in typology, Aaron, as the high priest, was a type of Christ, who is the real high priest before God. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, are types of us. We are the sons of Aaron, the priests. Today, it is the same. Christ is the high priest among all of us, and we are the priests with him. The garments for the priests are for these two classes of priests. Some garments or some pieces of the garments are only for the high priest, only for Aaron, not for the rest of the priests. Moses gives us at least six pieces. First, a breastplate, and then the ephod, and then the robe, and then the tunic, and then a turban, and then a girdle. Six pieces. The first two pieces, breastplate and ephod, are only for the high priest, not for the priests. Actually, the uh, breastplate may be considered as a part of the ephod. The word ephod means binding, fastening, girding, linking, something on the uh, priestly garment that fastens, that girds, that binds, that links. I must tell you, no priest had the right to wear such a piece on Aaron, the high priest. And this typifies you and I. No one of the believers has such a right to wear this piece. Only Christ. Only Christ wears effort. Why? Only Christ has the fastening power, the girding strength. Well, Matt, we mentioned in the lead-up to uh, Witness Lee there that only the high priest could wear these two items, the ephod and the breastplate. He obviously had a lot of feeling about this. He quite emphasizes this at the end of his speaking. Yeah, I think, obviously, to us, we've, we know where this program is going, so we understand that there's certainly an importance. But I think this is a good point to bring out to the listeners. Yeah, Chris, the fact that Christ is the only one, the only priest qualified to wear the ephod 
is a picture to us that there's something going on with that ephod that doesn't go on with us. Right. In the last message in particular, he talked about the glory and the beauty that's represented here in the ephod. And in this message, it talks about it again. You mentioned earlier that this is one of many. I just want to give the number of programs on the priestly garments. There's 17 messages on the priestly garments. And this particular one is number four of 17. And for those who are keeping track, this is message number 119 in the life study of Exodus. And as you said, Brother Lee, he kind of labors on this point, last message and this one, that the ephod, like we said in the beginning, it's a, it's a foreign thought. And yet with Christ, this is very important. And as, as we're going to see, there's a lot of meaning to the ephod. We haven't really gotten to the meaning yet. Yep. Let's talk about that just for a moment. Of course, it'll come up in this coming section as well. But there's not really a translation of the word. It's a Hebrew word. Ephod is ephod. That's just a Hebrew word. And there's really no English equivalent. We have used these words fastener, uh, linker, or holder. And basically, it's how the, the breastplate was affixed to the high priest. I mean, the breastplate is an item that we'll learn a lot about in the coming programs. But there was no other way for him to be adorned with the breastplate without the ephod. So it's just this kind of fastener, almost suspenders, I guess, in a sense. I hate to put it in a crude term, but it's just a fastener. But this fastening becomes very significant, doesn't it? You know, Chris, you were mentioning that the English translation, it's like a transliteration from the Hebrew to the word ephod. And the, the best that we can come up with is that, like you said, it's a fastener. It's something that uh, it's hard for us to relate to this because what does it correspond to? You use the word suspenders. I thought about shoelaces, maybe a belt, something that's an accessory to hold something. But for the high priest, this is a very important item in our experience of Christ that we're going to see as we go on. Yeah, and to see that, of course, we'll have the realization that the item that it's holding is very important. It's the breastplate, and that conveys, as Witness Lee just alluded to briefly, that's really all of God's people. The breastplate represents all of God's people. So this is what holds us to him. That's the great point. This is what fastens us to Christ. All right, let's find out more about this fastener. Christ holds us. Christ binds us. Christ fastens us to himself. And Christ links us to himself. What is ephod? Ephod is a fastening piece, fastening three plates to the high priest. None of these three plates could fall down from the high priest. Christ, as the high priest, has the fastening power, the tying strength, the binding ability. You see, we don't have. Too many times, Christians always think, oh, the Lord, he holds us. He keeps us. Or sometimes he embraces us like a shepherd. Yes, he carries us, but not like a shepherd carried a little lamb, but like the high priest wearing a fastening piece that fastens 
all God's people to Himself. This fastening is out of His divine glory plus His human beauty. His human beauty and His divine glory are the fastening power to uh, hold us. The two pieces of onyx stone on the shoulders with all the names of the children of Israel, the twelve names of the twelve tribes engraved upon them. They are signs signifying all the children of Israel. In other words, signifying all God redeemed people. All God redeemed people are upon Christ's shoulder. Not like lambs upon the shoulder of a shepherd. But we are upon the shoulder of Christ. Like what? Like precious stones. Upon the fastening piece. Which is composed with what? With divine glory and human beauty. The fastening power comes not from your faith. But from what he is, Amen. what he has, Amen. he is glorious, he is beautiful, he does have the divine glory and the human beauty. Well, Matt, Christ is many things. He is the shepherd. And as the shepherd, I mean, I think it's fitting and proper to understand there are times when he puts those poor little lambs up on his shoulders and carries them about and out of danger. And I don't think we should imply or or that we're trying to imply there's not this aspect to our experience of him. But as the high priest, that's not the way he's carrying us, is it? No, it's not, Chris. He's carrying us in a fastened, attached, linked, solid way. We're on the breastplate. We're the stones on Christ's heart. But we're fastened to him with this ephod. And let me read the verse, Exodus 28, 2. It says, And you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. Beauty, And so the garments that are there are for glory and beauty. And these garments represent Christ in a unique way for glory and for beauty. And that glory and beauty in Christ's life is what's holding us. You know, in John 1, 14, it said, We beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten from the Father. So Mm. there's a glory in Christ. And then when we look at his life, there's a beauty in his life. And that Christ, who had a life full of beauty and glory, is what holds us. It keeps us. We're kept by that. The previous program you mentioned earlier uh, did talk quite a bit about this matter of the glory and the beauty. And we saw that glory refers to Christ in his divinity. Beauty, that's Christ in his humanity. Um, the next section has got a lot of, uh, to me, a lot of enjoyment and really kind of hits the bullseye here because, uh, as he alluded to at the end, we may consider, well, it's my faith that attaches me to Christ. Well, in a sense, there's that component, surely without faith, uh, we can't come to him at all. But really the power of that attachment, of that binding, is is not our faith. The power has everything to do with him, doesn't it? It does. I was thinking as you're saying that, he's the author and perfecter of our faith. Without him, we don't have faith. 
It's his infusion into us of who he is that brings faith to us. Well, well, let's go to our final portion today. We're going to look more at this glory and beauty, and particularly the beauty, even as it's unfolded in some New Testament passages that will maybe be a little easier for all of our listeners to relate to, who maybe many haven't become that familiar with these intricacies in Exodus, but we all love Christ in the Gospels. Amen. In the four Gospels, sometimes you see the glory of the Lord, and sometimes you see the beauty even while he was in the flesh, on this earth, as a man, you could see the divine glory was with him. And too many times in the four Gospels, you could see the Lord's human beauty. His human beauty is so fine, so soft, so uh, pretty, uh, so kind, When we read the pages of the four Gospels, within our being, we realize, beautiful. Oh, beautiful. This is beautiful. When I read John 11, it was beautiful. The way he dealt with his disciples, and the way he talked to Mary, to Martha, it's beautiful. After seeing this, unconsciously, spontaneously, I was fastened by him. I was upon his shoulder, fastened. Not I being upon his shoulder, but he fastens me. His divine glory and his human beauty ties me. You should have also this kind of experiences. It is not just to pick up some teachings from some pages of the four Gospels, but just by reading the story of his life, you could see his divine glory, and you could see his human beauty. My, the glory there, and the beauty there, and you are fussing. You do have the sensation you are safe. And you could never fall away. He wouldn't let you fall away. Even you would. You can't. This is what? This is the effort. Christ is particularly different. He has the effort. And his effort is made of gold. Gold signifies Christ's divinity. Divine gold. And bro signifies his heavenliness. And purple signifies his kingliness, his royalty. Scarlet signifies his redemption by sacrificing himself through the shedding of the blood. And then you have fine and twined linen. All these are woven together into a piece. And this piece is called Ephah. Divinity is woven in. And humanity is also woven in. Oh, the kingly situation and the heavenly situation all have been woven into this piece. So, He has the power to fasten us. 
Well, Matt, after seeing the materials that the ephod was made of, it's abundantly clear now why only Christ as the high priest is qualified to wear such a thing. Before we touch those and their significance, because that's very rich, I would like to just linger, if we could, for a couple of moments on his beauty and his glory and how attractive that is and how powerful that is to hold us. Yeah, Chris, this picture, I was I was thinking as we were listening to Witness Lee now describing the glory and the beauty that has the holding power. In John chapter 10, the Lord said that no one can take you out of my hand. No one can take you out of the Father's hand. Right. So there's strong hands holding us. And we all think, well, what about that person? He backslid. Well, okay, if you're not looking at Christ, if you're not enjoying Christ, you know, as Witness Lee described here, as you look at Christ, you read the Gospels, you're impressed with his beauty, you're impressed with his glory. You can't help but get infused with some of this element of binding and fastening. And the more we enjoy the Lord, the more fastened we get. If we turn our heart, and we don't like to focus on turning our heart away, right? but if you're turning your heart away, you can be unfastened. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about as we enjoy Christ, we look at Christ, we look away unto Jesus, we are getting fastened, and no one can take us away from him. Yeah, you know, just recalling, as he was mentioning, John 11, you mentioned John 10 and 11, of course, there he's, he's dealing in such a sweet, perfect way with these complicated sisters, you know, Mary and Martha, totally different in their makeup. Their history, no doubt, was much different. And he knew just exactly how to deal with both cases. And it does reveal him, and his humanity is so beautiful. It's so lovely and so perfect. It attracts us just to... Um, even have this kind of conversation, doesn't it? It does, Chris. And I, I'm impressed how short I am in this regard when I compare myself to uh, how I would react if these sisters, Martha and Mary, were talking to me the way they were talking to Jesus. Yeah. You know, one, that, one of the misunderstood verses in this chapter is it says, Jesus wept in verse 25. And he wasn't. Right. <laughs> his weeping there was a reaction to the sisters. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it wasn't it, just a human sympathy because their situation was difficult. Yeah, yeah. And I have a quick way where I, I say things to people and then I regret it later because I said it. And the Lord, he just knew what to say at the right time, the right thing. This is his beauty. This is yeah. his glory. This is his attraction. All right, Matt, help us in the short time we have left on these wonderful items, these materials uh, out of which the ephod was fashioned. Gold, blue, purple, and scarlet were woven into the fine-twined linen to make the ephod. So that's what we see as the description of the ephod, those elements. And what a divine picture of the Holy Spirit to describe the ephod in this way. So the gold represents the divine nature. So you have the divinity of Christ represented by the gold. But then you also have the blue, which is a heavenly aspect. Mm -hmm. The blue is heavenly. Purple is something regal or royal. You have a kingly aspect in this ephod. And then the scarlet represents the redemption, the blood of Christ. So you have redemption, you have the royalty, you have the heavenly aspect, you have the divine golden aspect, and then it's all twined. And even the, the twining is a, a representation of his human suffering, yeah. that he was twined. He wasn't just plain linen. He was linen twined with these things. So what a beautiful picture. Not just simple uh, linen here. This is a linen, 
a humanity that has been completely mingled with these marvelous divine essences and attributes and aspects. Chris, I've never appreciated the ephod so much as I do today. Me either, man. I'm right there with you. I mean, this is the kind of verse, this is similar to what the how the Midwest states are often referred to, fly-by country. You know, these are verses and passages. I'm just exposing myself here. We tend to sort of fly by in our reading of the Old Testament. But boy, there's a lot of scenery down here if we get down on the ground. And what that scenery in the ephod is pointing us to is our wonderful Christ. Hallelujah. For us to enjoy and experience more. Well, I have had some enjoyment today, Matt, and I think you've been a part of it. I appreciate that, and I hope our listeners also have been fastened a little more closely to our lovely, glorious, and most beautiful Christ. Amen. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages, or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.